Welcome to the Leaders Toolkit Podcast, episode 19. Hi there, I'm Tracy, the Director of Catalyst Support here at Giant. Are you a team leader in an industry or organization? No matter the size of your company or the level of your leadership role, this podcast is tailor-made for you. Here's the thing, being great at your job doesn't automatically make you a great people leader. It's a whole different skill set. The skills that brought you success in your field might not have covered team leadership, but don't worry, that's where this podcast comes in. If you find it challenging to manage tasks, time, conflict, or motivation within your team, we're here to lend a helping hand. Our mission is to equip team leaders like you with the necessary skills to excel in the art of leading a team. Each episode is packed with concise, actionable content, including hacks, tips, tricks, tools, wisdom, and encouragement. Tune in and don't forget to share it with your fellow team leaders. Let's join forces and build healthy, high-performing teams that have the power to change the world. Together, we'll empower you to become a team leader worth following. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Leaders Toolkit podcast. I hope you're enjoying your way. I've heard from several of you, uh, many of you about, hey, um, loving hearing this, or this tool has impacted me, or hey, can you talk about this? And so uh, we'll get to all of that along the way, and we just thank you for joining us again. And I'm excited. I'm excited because I've got a a friend and a colleague, as I usually say, because these folks that I work with become uh, dear friends, and this is no exception. With my guest today, Rich Webb is here from the UK. Rich, thanks for joining us. Great to be here. Excited to uh, join you on this podcast. Yeah. So tell the audience real quick about yourself, what you do uh, over there. So I think one of the things I discovered over the years was that I love figuring out how organizations work, how to turn them around, how to increase performance. And so my my main project is Performance Ninja, uh, a consulting brand where I am bringing giants tools, but also uh, some other expertise in terms of organizational design and productivity and those kinds of things together in an integrated way to help teams and organizations achieve the performance that they want to achieve. And uh, some of that is working as a fractional executive inside of other people's organizations. Some is consulting and and some is training. So, Ah, love it. I would call you the strategy king. I just feel like you're so gifted in that area. So um, I will make sure in the show notes that I I link uh, resources about you so that people can um, connect with you on LinkedIn and, and see your website and things like that. But um, I know you're an expert in that area, so I feel really honored that you'd be here with me today. Uh, as you know, we're going through many of the giant tools and we're just uh, introducing concepts to those who are listening, who, are, who may be emerging leaders, brand new leaders, uh, or those who are, are more seasoned in leadership. So uh, today I brought you on because because of your expertise. And we have a really uh, great, simple tool called the core tool. And I wanted you to introduce our audience uh, to that tool. Could you describe it for us? Yes, absolutely. So the core tool, uh, I want you to picture three overlapping circles in a Venn diagram. And the three circles refer to IQ, EQ, and PQ. And I'll explain what each of those are. So IQ is all about skills intelligence. It is your knowledge in a domain, your ability cognitively to figure things out and get things done. And the question here is really, are you task aware? Have you got the skills required of whatever role or job you are in? And we start with this one because 
fairly unsurprisingly, historically, people have tended to assume that this is the only one that matters. In other words, if you know your topic, if you know the subject, if you've got the right skills, then that is all that matters to get the job done. But that isn't actually the case, and the other two circles matter a great deal. And so the next one we come on to is EQ. And EQ refers to emotional intelligence. And it's talking about our ability to understand others. Are we aware of others? Do we recognize that people are different from us? Can we process that information? And do we know how to adapt our style to think about our interactions, to build relationships of influence? And finally, the third circle is PQ, personality intelligence. And here we're thinking about self-awareness. To what extent are we as leaders aware of who we are? Do we understand our tendencies? And the critical question you will hear us talk about so often in Giant is, do you know what it is like to be on the other side of you? Have you got that understanding of the impact of your speech and of your behaviors on others? And where these three circles intersect, we call it the core. And if you take a, an analogy, if you like, of physical strength, uh, for those who know a lot about training and health and exercise, they will uh, often talk about the importance of core strength. And the reason why core strength matters is because you're going to struggle to bring to bear your strength anywhere else if you haven't got a strong core. You can have you know, really strong legs, really strong arms, but if you haven't got a strong core, that's the bit that ties it all together. And it is the same here with this core, is if you haven't got IQ, PQ, and EQ, then you are not going to be able to bring to bear whatever you need to. You're not going to have the strength that is required. And so this overlapping point is what really determines the capability, the ability, the performance potential of any of us as leaders. Makes sense to me to be, I guess, for lack of a better term, just a well-rounded leader. Um, but I think that maybe back in the day, if we were thinking old school, that IQ was kind of king, in my opinion. Um, and so, you know, people were highly intelligent. I mean, there was no doubt that a leader was equipped for the job, but a lot of times the employees couldn't stand to be in the room with them or were always looking for a different job because they didn't feel like they were known or heard. Um, so let's think about that for a minute. If you don't mind, let's dig deeper, deeper into that. I know there are leaders who, I guess you could be on both sides of the extreme. You could be so relationally um, intelligent, so personable that maybe you weren't as respected uh, as a leader because they didn't feel like you had the expertise, or we could swing it all the way back. And like I said, someone who's just really focused on the uh, IQ and don't have, they don't really have that um, personable side to them. So how does somebody figure that out? How do they increase their awareness in one, one of the areas or one, one that they're really low on? Yeah, I think it's a great question. And as you picture those three circles, you could picture them changing in size as well and uh, spotting where one was really not in proportion to the others and, and much smaller. I think there are a number of ways that we can go about that. The first thing I would always encourage people to do is just to take a good, hard, honest look uh, at themselves. 
it's not the the end step, but it is a first step to say, honestly, where do you think you're at? Most of us, I think, have some sort of an indication of this. We we may struggle to admit the full extent of it, but just ask ourselves, what do we think uh, is real reality here? But then the next step, I think, is to start to ask other people, start to get honest feedback. And the key thing here is doing so in places and in relationships where there's psychological safety. If you're a leader who has a significant amount of positional power and authority and you go to one of your team who uh, truly believes that their whole job is uh, reliant on, on pleasing you and you say to them, hey, what do you think I'm like as a leader? The chances are they're going to say they, they think you're awesome. So finding ways of getting that feedback, of of assessing that, of getting honest answers from others. Perhaps look for people who aren't so reliant on you for their job, for their income. Uh, people who are going to have that ability to speak truthfully into your life and and let you know where that is. And a lot of this comes down to once you've got the idea in your mind, you can start to watch out for hints of this and you can you can start to see things that you didn't before. So maybe uh, you're, you're interacting with someone and you suddenly realize there was something off in the relationship there and that was causing a problem. And you think, oh yeah, I wouldn't have noticed that before, but now I do. Or maybe you're doing something and you suddenly realize, oh, I've done it again. And it seems to have a negative impact on my team. I've blown up. I've ended up shouting or, or, or something like that. Let that little alarm bell go off to say, hey, there could be something here. So all sorts of things like that. I think a final thing that I would always say to this is the five voices tool uh, from Giant is an incredibly powerful accelerator of insight, particularly into EQ and PQ. Because what the five voices is going to help you do if you can figure out your voice, it's going to give you a starting point and say many people who share your voice by nature struggle with these things. Do you maybe struggle with those? And then it's sometimes easier for us to be honest with ourselves and with others to say, actually, now you come to mention it. So I think look in the mirror, uh, be honest with yourself, get feedback, start to watch out for those things and maybe consider a tool like five voices, which could accelerate your ability to see where you may need to pay attention. Yeah. Listeners of you are picking up on a theme here. Uh, Rich is like overlaying our giant tools on top of one another. And so that's why we've been building along the way on our episode. So, um, you know, he's mentioning the five voices. And if you remember way back on one of our first episodes, we talked about the know yourself to lead yourself tool and that tendency log that you can start taking. I hope that you're doing that is, is just as he's mentioning, when you find these things and it's triggering and you, Oh, I tend to do that. Then that's a theme that you can pick on, uh, pick up on about yourself and you've got to do something about it. Uh, so Rich, we're going to stop for a quick break, but, but let's think about this when we come back, what do you do? Cause I see it, uh, every now and then maybe a lot, uh, um, a leader who is just resistant. They're starting to see some of those things, but they go, well, too bad. You'll, you'll just have to deal with me. It's just who I am. Or maybe it's an uh, older leader, somebody who's been established for a while, who's gotten by with some bad behavior for a while. And they're thinking, oh, well, people are just going to have to work around me. So do you mind if we talk through that uh, when we come back from the break? Absolutely. Great. All right. All right. Uh, listeners, we'll be right back. Attention all team and organizational leaders. Are you ready to bridge the communication gap 
and accelerate your team's performance. If so, then check out the Five Voices Pro Assessment, a global sensation that's making waves in organization all over the world. Gain a deeper understanding of your own personal wiring, strengths, superpowers, and how you process information. But also discover the keys to unlocking successful team dynamics and banishing conflict and tension. To seize this opportunity and transform your team's communication and performance, visit theleaderstoolkitpodcast.com backslash five voices. Theleaderstoolkitpodcast.com backslash five voices. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I have my colleague Rich Webb with me right now. And we're talking about this tool called the Core Tool. And uh, Rich, I was asking right before the break, what do you do with a leader who's more resistant to change? They go, people will just have to work around me. This is just the way I am. I'm too old to change or I'm too set in my ways or it's working for me. What would you say to that? I think my first thing I would be thinking about is what really matters to them and what motivates them. So if they are somebody who uh, is someone who, for whom winning results, drive, performance is, is really important. Uh, and again, you know, Five Voices, really helpful tool in helping me think this through. If there's someone that is driven by those things, then I'm probably going to start talking to them about some of those things and say, does it bother you that you may not be achieving the performance that you could be achieving because you're not pulling all of the levers at your disposal? And, and I'd be processing with uh, some of those things to say, well, you know, you're the boss. Yeah, maybe you can behave how you like. But what if I told you you could achieve more? You could get more profits. You could get more out of your team. Uh, you could actually do a better job of winning. Would that be interesting to you? Uh, maybe they're a different voice and, um, you know, not realizing the impact of some of these things to say, do you realize the detrimental effects that you could be having on, on other people uh, in the ways in which you're behaving? The clarity that you're not giving them is actually causing them stress and making them unhappy in their work. Uh, or I'd be talking about saying, do you realize that you could decrease churn uh, it, with your employees because uh, people are going to stay with you for longer and you know, every leader knows every time they have to replace somebody, it costs. There is a cost to hiring. There is a loss of productivity while that person gets up to speed and it can be substantial. So I think first thing I'd be trying to understand is what matters to them and what motivates them. And then I would be linking back the importance of a strong core. So not just IQ, but EQ and PQ as well to achieving those goals. And so the second step for me would often be around research and statistics. So I trained originally as an engineer and data and what the facts say is really important to me. And so I would start to talk to them about some of the research around things like emotional intelligence and personality intelligence. And, and some of these stats, I'll give you the link to put in the show notes, but research has shown that the EQ and PQ piece can be responsible on average for 58% of professional success, regardless of job category. So regardless of whether you're uh, somebody who's, you know, in a kind of individual contributor type role or a highly technical role, more than half of success is down to EQ and PQ type things. And so I'd be asking questions, what do you want to be successful? Is that something that's important to you? 
The next stat is people who have great EQ and PQ earn on average $29,000 more annually than those who have low in those areas. Next thing, are you, are you happy with that? You know, is that somewhere that you want to be? Next stat, 90% of top performers score high on emotional intelligence, just 20% of low performers score high on emotional intelligence. Do you see yourself as a high performer? Where do you want to be? And, and so on and so forth. Managers with highly developed EQ skills outperform yearly revenue targets by 15 to 20%, according to a study from, from Pepsi. So I'd be talking about some of these things and saying, look, these are the facts. This is what the data shows about the importance of these things and tying it into what, manage, uh, what matters to them so that we could then have a conversation to say, why are you, if this matters to you, why are you willing to to leave this on the table? Wow, those are some amazing uh, stats there. Impressive. Yeah, I'd love to to connect those in the show notes. What would you say to a, a very young leader who maybe they're still in university or college and they're really ramping up their skill set? Uh, what would you tell them? How would you, because I'm thinking about my college experience. I'm not sure. I got some emotional intelligence, you know, experience along the way, probably just by default. But what would you tell a young emerging leader? How, how would they work on that area of their life? I would say uh, become a learner and recognize that a life, uh, lifelong learner is, is, is what makes great leaders. So make yourself a student of these things. I think that means you find great resources. Uh, things like Giant, the, the books that Jeremy and Steve have written, uh, the content that is out there around those things. Immerse yourself in those things. Read what you can. And then find people that you recognize are great at this and watch what they do and ask them questions. So observe uh, things. I, I remember when I was doing a summer job uh, in banking when I was still at university and there was a manager there who had great EQ and PQ looking back. I didn't have the language for it at the time. But what I observed in him was how he related to people, how he cared for people, how he listened to them, how he fought for their highest possible good. And what I noticed was the loyalty that it brought him and the way in which people were willing to go the extra mile for him, that performance increased as a result and, and things happened in a different way. So become a student of these things, look for these things, look for the resources, for the content and be willing. One of the things I didn't do is I wish now I had found time with him to say, tell me more. Why, why are you doing that? That seemed to work. What was your logic behind it? It helped me with those kinds of things. I think that could have been an extra step that I could have taken at that age that would have helped me do that. And I would just say uh, to that person, if you can get this figured out now, this will accelerate whatever path you want. Because I'm working day in, day out with leaders who are probably in the second half of their working career, who are just beginning to get this figured out. Don't waste that time. Get it. Get this figured out now. Not that you'll ever get it sorted. You never graduate from the school of self-awareness, but start the journey now because you'll save yourself so much time and you will accelerate where you want to get to. Mm, great advice. And I'm thinking about those leaders in my life. I, I 
I think sometimes when we're young, we're intimidated to walk up to someone or give a, a call to a leader like that and say, hey, could I take you to lunch? But mostly those types of leaders are more than willing to spend time with uh, those who are younger and, and ready to learn. So to yeah. just if, do if, it. If you're picking the right people, they will want to talk to you about these That's things. Right. If the people uh, are turning around and saying, oh, I haven't got time for that or no, I don't want to, you know, then they're probably not the people you want to be learning from. The people who have high EQ and PQ are going to be wanting to find time. They might find it hard. They might be find, you know, really busy and struggling to make the time, but they will want to and they will find a way of doing it if they are truly really gifted in these areas. Yeah, absolutely. We're we're almost out of time. I'm going to throw you a real quick curveball that I was just thinking of because we're in this world of uh, AI. It's emerging and we're hearing about AI all over the place. How does AI fit with this relational intelligence um, idea? I think it only shifts us quicker towards this being the key competitive advantage in the workplace. So I believe that EQ and PQ alongside IQ have always been important in the workplace. But I do believe that in the 21st century, in the digital age in which we work, they are more important than ever. So the ability to act with intelligence relationally is more important than it's ever been, even though it's always been a thing. And that's just the nature of the way in which the workplace has changed. Uh, workplaces are far less hierarchical. People are relying on positional power uh, a lot less. We need to lead through influence. Many workplaces are, are networked workplaces where we're working with people where there isn't a clear line management or chain of command described. And so we have to operate uh, with influence. AI, I believe, takes that even a step further. And I wouldn't be surprised that if uh, some of the research that uh, I was referencing, it was redone in uh, a few years' time, we'd see this impact go up even higher because increasingly IQ pieces can be done by technology. And therefore, having a lot of knowledge around copywriting is helpful, but it's not the differentiator it once was in a world where tools like ChatGPT can undertake those things. But knowing how to stitch those things together, knowing how to interact with people is becoming the core skill, I believe, increasingly for the workplace. And so I think this is only getting more important, not less important. And if you are concerned about that AI taking all of our jobs, I don't think it will. But I think what it will do is it will change the balance and the focus on IQ and mean that those with significant EQ and PQ skills and awareness will have a real competitive advantage in the future workplace. Mm, perfect. Yes. So AI is really not something to fear, but there are some adjustments we may need to make as leaders. So Excellent. Well, listeners, as you hear, this is just a, a wealth of knowledge right here. So there's a lot that I'm going to add to the show notes um, around the data that Rich has shared and some of the information. So be sure to check that out. So Rich, we are out of time. This was incredibly uh, packed with lots of good stuff. So I sure appreciate you taking time out today to be with us. And um, listeners, we hope you'll take the information and become a leader worth following. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, Rich. Thanks, Tracy. 
Hi, organizational and team leaders. Here at Giant, we understand that what you do is vital to the health and performance of your team. That's why we call leaders like you catalysts, because you catalyze change to make your organization better. You are the linchpins within organizations, instigating and driving positive change. Leaders define culture and sub-leaders define subcultures. All leaders need to be as healthy as possible so your entire organization can thrive. Did you know that you can become certified in the giant content so you can spread the tools and concepts you're learning right here on this podcast throughout your entire organization? With this certification comes a worldwide community of other catalysts you can be a part of. You'll also have access to an incredible support system through our HQ team. You get support calls, one-to-one help from our experts, resources, and opportunities to collaborate with other team leaders around the world in various industries. You can learn more about this certification at theleaderstoolkitpodcast.com slash catalyst and become equipped to spark the change you want to see.